0: Amelia Earhart is one of history's most famous and celebrated pilots. Not only was she a pioneer in aviation, she also broke gender norms and inspired many women to follow their dreams. Today, on Amelia Earhart Day, we'll cover her history, some of her accomplishments, and some of the theories surrounding her disappearance. Did she really crash in the Pacific Ocean? Was she a government spy captured by the Japanese? Or maybe she was abducted by aliens? On this episode of Technically a Conversation. you're listening to technically a conversation a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well i'm one half of your host jose and i'm joined today by my lovely co-host elena how are you doing today
1: i'm doing great how are you
0: i'm doing great also super glad that the three of us got to hang out for our podcast with stories the true and the fictional and our two-year anniversary show they were a lot of work but i hope that everybody enjoyed them did you have fun
1: Oh, yeah, it was tons of fun. It was uh, a very interesting story (laughs) that they shared.
0: Yeah, it was. I had never heard of that.
1: No, I definitely hadn't either.
0: The live stream was so much fun, too. I really liked it. I kind of would like to do those more often, but I think we might need to invest in better cameras since we all kind of look like trash.
1: Yeah, I agree. I know like right now you look a little pixelated for me and I look fine, but I probably on your end, I look bad and you look fine.
0: Well, I look a little pixelated to begin with, so it might be accurate.
1: (laughs) Uh, No,
0: I feel like Isela's camera for the most part looked good, though. Like hers looked like it was like 1080p, 4K, HDR, and all that shit.
1: Yeah, it looked really clear. Is hers like part of the the laptop or the computer, or she has like a separate one?
0: I'm pretty sure that's the one that came with her laptop. She has a Dell.
1: Oh wow, it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I was pretty impressed.
1: I'm going to have to invest in one for sure.
0: Yeah, I have a Logitech, and I for the most part, it's okay, but the thing that's annoying about it is that even though you'll go into settings and you'll turn off autofocus, it'll insist on turning autofocus back on, even if you just turned it off, and then I end up looking blurry for, like, the last, like, 30 minutes or whatever. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, right now, like, one side of your face is blurry, and it looks like you're a little tuerto on one eye.
0: (laughs) Maybe I'm having a stroke and I don't even know it.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Please don't say that.
0: <laughs> Enough fucking around, Elena. Ready to get started? Ready. Great. Let's get started. Elena, have you ever been on a plane before? Yes. Overall, do you enjoy flying? No. Why not?
1: I think I've watched the movie La Bamba with too, <laughs> too many times. <laughs> I I don't know. I just don't like to feel like somebody else has my life in their hands in a big old freaking plane up in the sky. I don't know. It's just too many variables for me. I don't like it.
0: Same. I also have watched La Bamba too many times. And I also remember that Twilight Zone movie where that monster, like, rips that fucking plane apart.
1: Uh, I don't remember that one. No. No.
0: And while I, I doubt a monster will rip the plane apart that I'm on, I do also always get paranoid that it's going to end up exploding or something.
1: Yeah, not fun. Not It's not fun having those uh, those thoughts when you're so high up in the air. <laughs> and then it's so uncomfortable and then it's long. You can't really like, and then if somebody's sitting next to you that you don't know, I don't know. I just, i rather not.
0: Yeah, that's another thing also. If I had the choice, I personally would drive everywhere. I'm not entirely against flying, especially if I was going to go somewhere cool. But like you said, yeah, there's like all the delays and then you have to get there like an hour early to go through the, whatever, when they in- inspect you or whatever.
1: Security. <laughs> yeah, the security. Yeah.
0: When you <laughs> <laughs> do the 27 point inspection and everything. <laughs> yeah.
1: Make sure you don't need an oil change.
0: That's right. Make sure your motivadores are good. I think those are like spark plugs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you have the rise of all the entitled MAGA assholes on planes now that are causing all sorts of problems. And um, you hear all these horror stories of of the plane rights or plane flights getting canceled, people being stuck in the airport for like a couple of days. So yeah, if I can drive, I'd rather do that.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Today, we're going to talk about one of the most famous and mysterious aviation disappearances of all time. The following is from a Britannica.com article link in our show notes. On July 2nd, 1937, on the longest leg of what was supposed to be the first trip around the world by a woman pilot, Amelia Earhart and her navigator Fred Noonan boarded her twin-engine Lockheed Electra and left Leigh New Guinea, for Howland Island, approximately 2,600 miles, 4,200 kilometers away. The flight was expected to be tough, but brightly lit U.S. ships were stationed to mark the route. Late in the journey, Earhart radioed that her plane was running out of gas. An hour later, she radioed that she was going north and south. That was the last transmission the U.S. Coast Guard ever received from her. Did Earhart run out of fuel and crash in the Pacific Ocean? Was Earhart a government spy who was captured while spying on the Japanese? If true, was she rescued by the U.S. and continued living her life under the name of Irene Bolum in New Jersey? Was she abducted by aliens? Let's go ahead and examine these theories And what might have really happened. But first, Elena, are you familiar with Amelia Earhart?
1: Of course. This is one of my favorite conspiracy theories. Mm. Although you didn't touch on the one that I thought was like the most popular one. Was that she disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. Or I don't know why a lot of people think that.
0: Yeah, she was nowhere even near the Bermuda Triangle when she disappeared.
1: She wasn't, I know. But that's so weird that that is something that I grew up... Um, learning. Was that not something that you remember learning?
0: When I was doing the research, I kind of did think that. But you know, again, seeing just where she was, I was like, okay, I think that that was like a false memory or something. I definitely do remember hearing the one about being abducted by aliens. And I'll actually talk about that one a little bit later.
1: Well, and it's not a false memory because, and, and I think it has to be a Mandela effect. Honestly, (laughs) because I was listening to other podcasts about the Amelia Earhart disappearance, and I remember, like, them also stating the same thing, like, what happened to the whole Bermuda Triangle theory or whatever? And I was like, yes, exactly. What happened to that? I think it's a Mandela effect.
0: Maybe. I looked at a lot of lists of the most popular conspiracy theories related to Amelia Earhart's disappearance And that one was nowhere on there, or at least on the two or three sources that I looked at.
1: That's so weird. But anyway, continue. I I love this story.
0: Awesome. So I'm glad that you've heard of some of these crazy conspiracy theories, because that way we can kind of talk about them a little bit. Personally, what do you think might have happened to her?
1: I think she just ran out of fuel.
0: That's probably the most logical explanation. So being that today is July 24th, and it's Amelia Earhart Day, I kind of want to talk a little bit about her life and her mysterious disappearance, and of course some of the crazy conspiracy theories surrounding her disappearance. But first, let's talk a little bit about her early life. And I'm going to say right away, a lot of these names I'm probably going to mispronounce because they're like weird names that I have never heard of, but I'll try my hardest.
1: That's all good. (laughs) Go for it.
0: Amelia Earhart was born on July 24th, 1897 in Atchison, Kansas. Her father was a railroad lawyer who struggled financially due to his alcoholism. Her mother came from an affluent family. When her grandparents died and her mother received her inheritance, Earhart was able to attend Ogons School in Rydal, Pennsylvania. Earhart dropped out of college in 1918 after visiting her sister in Canada and became a nurse to care for wounded World War I soldiers in Toronto. After the war, Earhart briefly entered the pre-med program at Columbia University in New York, but at the insistence of her parents, left to join them in California. She took her first airplane ride in 1920 and was inspired to take flying lessons. She bought her first airplane, a Canaire Airster, in 1921. And I was really curious about what this airplane looked like. And it looks exactly like the way that you might be picturing it, but cheaper. I'm amazed that it even flew, actually. It looks like a mix between an old-timey warplane and something out of, like, the Wright Brothers or some shit. It doesn't have a windshield or dome or anything. So I guess you have to put on some goggles and make sure you keep your mouth closed to keep the bugs out of your mouth or something. <laughs> <laughs> In 1923, she got her pilot's license. And a few years later, she moved to Boston to become a social worker at the Denison House, a settlement home for immigrants. Boston. And Boston. Boston's NPR. <laughs> Sorry, every time I hear Boston, I always want to say that. <laughs> WGBH in Boston, Boston's NPR. There you go. In April of 1928, some promoters selected her to be the first woman to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. And on June 17th, 1928, she departed Trepassey, Newfoundland, Canada, and arrived at Bury Port, Wales the following day. However, contrary to what you might think, she was only on the plane as a passenger and not the pilot. The pilots of the plane were actually... Wilmer Stoltz and Lewis Gordon. This didn't really sit well with Amelia, but in spite of that, this made her an overnight international celebrity and wrote a book called 20 Hours, 40 Minutes that same year and went on a lecture tour throughout the United States.
1: 20 boring hours and 30 minutes with a couple of guys.
0: <laughs> <Just kidding>. 40 <laughs> minutes, yeah.
1: Oh, but I'm going 40 <laughs> minutes.
0: Uh. <laughs> Imagine twenty hours and forty minutes of listening to dick and fart jokes the whole the whole way
1: over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I mean, if they were talking, because again, they didn't have a windshield, so.
0: <laughs> oh, that's true. And actually, I don't know what kind of plane she was on on this one. They might they might have had an, a windshield on this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, they didn't even have Instagram, so she could do like the doom scrolling or anything, you know? So. Yeah, that would have been a very boring 20 hours and 40 minutes.
1: Yeah, I know. 20 hours. Yeah, I, I just... It's just funny that the name of her book is titled How Long She Was <laughs> 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 Fucking Stuck on That Flight For. <laughs> yeah,
0: that is pretty funny. So she went on a lecture tour throughout the United States. George Palmer Putnam was her publisher and handled much of her publicity. Some sparks started flying after spending all that time together and in 1931, the two were married. Earhart kept her maiden name, at least professionally. In 1932, she felt that she had to justify the fame her Atlantic flight had brought her four years earlier and decided to cross the Atlantic alone. She left Harbor Grace, Newfoundland in her Lockheed Vega on May 20th, 1932 and arrived in Londonbury, Northern Ireland on May 21st. Despite having a number of mechanical difficulties and facing inclement weather, making her unable to land in her scheduled destination of Paris, or Paris. She still completed the trip in a record-breaking 14 hours and 56 minutes.
1: Is that the name of her next book? Just
0: kidding. You might think so, but no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But yeah, like much like we were saying, like 15 hours flying in that airplane. And this time she was alone.
1: By herself, yeah. With her thoughts.
0: So it's like she had anybody to tell dick and fart jokes to. And she didn't even have anybody to hold the steering wheel or whatever when she had to pee out the window or something.
1: Exactly. And then I think I heard that she was also, or she might have been, she might have been a lesbian as well.
0: That I I didn't encounter in any of my research. But I do want to say that I've heard that theory before as well.
1: Or that they like had um, swing parties like her and her husband or something. I don't know. I think they were in an open relationship, I want to say.
0: Oh, like Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard or whatever?
1: They are. I didn't know that. Oh, I was watching that movie that you were talking about with the 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 time travel the time traveler. One. We watched it last night.
0: Oh, the safety <laughs> not guaranteed? What did you think about it?
1: Yes. Um, it was cool. I liked it.
0: Yeah, I really liked it too. Did you see the old guy at the post office? The guy that went to go pick up the mail?
1: Yes, I did. Oh, so that was the guy that you were saying.
0: Yeah, that was Civera, the guy that actually wrote the the classified ad where all of this uh blossomed out of. Oh,
1: Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I do remember seeing that guy, yes. Yeah, it was, it was a good one. We watched it last night and we got a kick out of it because we couldn't remember what your topic was. I was like, I think this is a movie that I was talking about and I couldn't remember what your topic was and I was like, oh, I don't know, let's just play it. And then when they played the ad, I was like, this is what he talked about. I don't know why both Antonio and I could just not recall what the topic was of the um, on the live But yeah, once I saw that ad, like it just all clicked. And yeah, it it was a good movie. I really liked it, especially the ending.
0: Yeah, the ending was really good. And much like me, my topics are also very unmemorable. So so don't feel bad for not remembering.
1: Whatever. (laughs) I knew you were going to say something like that, whatever.
0: (laughs) So going back to Amelia Earhart and the airplane that she flew, the Lockheed Vega. I Googled that plane to see what it looked like. And this one actually didn't look like a Wright Brothers plane. It looked more like a plane that that me and you would recognize. It actually looked like a very bubbly, almost like Thomas the Tank version of a plane. Yeah, it it was pretty interesting. Like, it looked like a Fisher-Price thing or something. Like, it's very bubbly. (laughs) Okay. It didn't look like super aerodynamic at all or something. Like, it looks like something like you would imagine Mario flying, and then he's, like, throwing, like, the turtle shells and shit, like, off of the airplane or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It looks very cartoony. And you were wrong. Her book was not called 14 Hours and 56 Minutes. It was actually called The Fun of It in which she wrote about her life and interest in flying.
1: So she had more fun on her own with a, than a bunch of, uh, a couple of guys. A couple of bros. On a 20-hour fight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right.
0: Yeah, I guess she did. I, I think more than anything, she just found the flying to be very liberating and she just really enjoyed doing it. Yeah. In 1935, Earhart made history again by being the first person to fly solo from Hawaii to California. While to us people, ignorant of geography, doesn't sound that impressive, it's actually a longer distance than the U.S. to Europe trip. Oh, wow. It's 2,408 miles, 3,875 kilometers away. She departed Honolulu on January 11th and arrived in Oakland, California in 17 hours and 7 minutes. I know what you're thinking, Elena. She wrote another book. It's called 17 Hours and 7 Minutes. And you would be wrong on both accounts. Actually, she didn't write any book. Later that same year, she became the first person to fly solo from Los Angeles to Mexico City. So at this time, she wasn't the first woman to fly solo from Hawaii to California or Los Angeles to Mexico City. She was the first person, period.
1: Yeah, nice.
0: In addition to all her accomplishments flying, She was a notable feminist to encourage women to reject social norms and pursue other opportunities, especially when it came to aviation. In 1929, she founded the 99s, an organization of female pilots, and served as its first president. The name 99s comes from the first 99 charter members, but membership was immediately open to other women who became licensed pilots.
1: I got 99 problems, but uh, ain't one.
0: (laughs) Or 99 ways to die for (laughs) Megadeth. (laughs) <laughs> <También>. <laughs> In 1933, she debuted a clothing line designed for the women who live actively and was described as being functional. Not being a clothing person, I'm not sure what that means. I'm guessing it has real pockets and then just have something resembling pockets that looks super cute. What do you think?
1: I'm resembling um, pants and not skirts and dresses Yeah, and boots and, and uh, sneakers and not heels.
0: Yeah, that definitely sounds like it would be more more functional.
1: Functional, also more comfortable.
0: That also. <laughs> so so far, what do you think about Amelia Earhart and all her accomplishments?
1: Oh, I I really admire her. Like I said, I've I've listened to a lot of podcasts about her story just because her story is just very interesting. And um she definitely was a pioneer in her time, not only because she was a woman, but just because of what she was doing at the time.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm kind of surprised that we haven't covered her yet. I was like, oh, well, we still haven't done Amelia Earhart. And same, she's also a favorite of mine. So I'm glad that we're getting to cover her now. Yes. So now that we got all the boring stuff out of the way, let's talk about her disappearance and the conspiracy theories after we return from this quick commercial break.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Kelly. And I'm Emily, and we're from Whining About Herstory. Ever notice how women seem to be missed, forgotten, or maybe even purposely left out of history books? We did, so we decided to take the his out of history and make it herstory. Each episode, we discuss the lives and general awesomeness of these historical wonder women, all while having a glass of wine. Or maybe a bottle. Come join us on all of your favorite podcast platforms at WAHpod on Instagram, WAH underscore pod on Twitter, and at Whining About Herstory Remember, that's no H or E in whining. See you you soon. Cheers.
0: And we're back. Did you wear any functional clothing during our commercial break?
1: I live my life wearing functional clothing.
0: Andale. (laughs) Did you set any aviation records?
1: unfortunately not. I don't really like flying anyway, so.
0: I'm right there with you. So like we were discussing, it sounded like she had a lot of firsts and was a great role model for women during her time. I also feel like she paved the way for a lot of women career-wise, especially when it came to smashing gender norms. All right, so now that we got the history part of the way, let's talk about her disappearance and the conspiracies that surrounded that. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, she took her last flight on July 2nd, 1937, going from Leh, New Guinea to Howland Island. The thing about this though, is that the actual flight had started in Miami on June 1st. So when Earhart and Noonan arrived in New Guinea, they had already flown 22,000 miles or 35,000 kilometers over the course of a month. The plane was believed to have gone down about 100 miles or 160 kilometers away from Howland Island. An extensive search was done to try to locate Earhart and Noonan, but the operation was called off on July 19th, 1937, when they were declared lost at sea. Since no bodies or airplane records were ever found, this was fertile ground for conspiracy theories to sprout.
1: She definitely was famous enough, right? To have a, a conspiracy theory or conspiracy theories.
0: Yeah. And she was internationally famous, which at that time, it was kind of rare for people to be known throughout the whole world.
1: And that's kind of like, um, like the whole thing that we sort of discussed with our live. Was it the live when I did the... Paul McCartney. Yes, that it was like it's it's um amazing how famous you have to be or whatever in order for a conspiracy theory to to co- develop or come out or whatever.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think when Paul McCartney, quote unquote, supposedly died,
1: Billy Shears.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess when Paul McCartney died, I should say quote unquote because you know he supposedly died during that time. I mean, there was already like a lot of radio and television and everything, but in 1937, I mean, I don't know, maybe TV already existed, but I think that it would have been harder to be known internationally. I think at that time, most news was still spread through the newspaper, maybe the radio.
1: Yeah, the radio, I would say.
0: So I kind of wanted to go over some of these conspiracy theories, and you could tell me how you feel about each one. Okay. Now, there are probably hundreds of theories about what happened to her, but these are 11 of the most popular ones. And since so many, I'm going to kind of go through them kind of quick. The following are from a History.com article by Elizabeth Haynes. The first theory actually has a name and is called the Crash and Sink Theory. This is a theory that most people, including experts, believe. According to the theory, Earhart and Noonan got slightly off course while they were on their way to a refueling stop at Holland Island and were unable to locate the tiny island where they were supposed to land and refuel. They ran out of gas and fell into the ocean, killing both Earhart and Noonan. The plane then sank, leaving no trace of the wreckage or bodies. What do you think about this theory?
1: Well, I'm no expert, but I would say that this is the most likely.
0: Yeah, and this is the one that I personally think that happened also. The second theory also sounds very possible. This one suggests that Earhart was able to land on Nicomororo Island, but died before she could be rescued. Apparently the island was uninhabited, and the reason this theory is popular is because some artifacts that could have belonged to Earhart were found on the island including an empty jar of her favorite freckle cream and a piece of plexiglass that was similar to that used in the Lockheed Electra plane she was flying. This one is not that crazy, right?
1: No, but I also would like to know what freckle cream is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's a question that I had too. I was hoping that you would be telling me.
1: No, it's like, is it to enhance freckles? Is it to diminish freckles? (laughs) I don't want. I want to know what freckle cream is. <laughs> es concha nacar. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. I think freckles look super cute. So hopefully, it's something to enhance the freckles.
1: Yeah, well, right now the freckles, um, it's all the rage right now, and a lot of people like to um, do faux freckles. But I know back in the day they weren't as desirable. I guess people didn't really desire them, and they wanted to cover them up. So I'm wondering if it was something to like fade them. Oh, wait, but I, I'm kind of interested <laughs> to know what this freckle cream is.
0: Yeah, that I'm not too sure about because I think that when I encountered freckles the most was when I was a little kid. And I think that just the fact of being a little kid, little kids are kind of jerks. So they make fun of any anybody and everybody that's kind of different. So I'm not sure if they were unpopular so much as just that when we encountered them, we were little kids and we were just little jerks.
1: Yeah. No, they, they definitely were not popular. Cause I watch a lot of like beauty blogs and, and stuff on YouTube and people used to just like slather makeup to make them disappear, but now it's popular and people actually use makeup, sprays, whatever, eyeliner to make it look like you have freckles, even though you don't. So that's the thing right now.
0: Yeah. I've seen a lot of girls use those awful Instagram filters also that superimpose <laughs> freckles on them.
1: Yeah. I being one of those girls.
0: That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Now, for this one, I kind of like this one. But for me personally, the fact that they only appear to have found a piece of plexiglass and an empty jar of face cream kind of enforces the idea that the plane sank. I feel like those two items were the only two that managed to wash ashore. Mm -hmm. I feel like if they had landed on the island, there would have been more evidence like maybe there would still be parts of her plane that were intact. Or maybe there would be like skeletal remains. The International Group for Historic Aircraft Recovery has conducted seven expeditions on the island trying to search for more clues. And as far as I know, they haven't been successful. Now theories three, four, and five are kind of linked together. And they all have to do with Earhart being a government spy and having been captured by the Japanese.
1: Those are my favorites.
0: That she was a government spy?
1: Yeah, that would be cool, man.
0: Yeah, well, you can let me know how plausible you think these are. Okay. These theories originally spawned from a 1943 film about Earhart called Flight for Freedom, although there is no evidence to support its claim. According to Theory 3, Franklin D. Roosevelt enlisted Earhart to spy on Japan and was captured when her plane crash-landed. According to her flight records, Earhart was nowhere near Japan. Even if you were to say that the flight records were fabricated, newspapers around the world tracked her progress daily on their front pages. So none of her flights were ever a secret and you would have had to have had every single newspaper agree to be part of this cover up in order for it to have been successful. What do you feel about that one?
1: I think that while it's a little far-fetched, the government has its ways and if they really wanted it to be that way where they didn't want sources to cover it or to bury it or whatever, they could have done it if they really wanted to.
0: Um, I think that when you have other countries involved, I don't think so. Because I think that any country would want that first opportunity to call bullshit.
1: Well, I don't know, because if you're holding their secrets as well, then it could work.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it was around World War II time, so everybody was kind of like fighting with each other. I think it's like the same thing as like when there was a space race. Oh, yeah.
1: Don't even get me started on that.
0: Yeah, well, I know a lot of people think that there was a cover-up, but they were in a space race against Russia. So Russia would have been the first ones to call bullshit had they not gone, because they were monitoring that as much as everybody else was. That's personally what I think. I think Russia would have wanted to be the ones to say that they were first, and they would have been the first ones to call bullshit had it not happened.
1: Mm, I don't know. I think everybody has a price.
0: Uh, For something like that, though. I mean, they're already spending millions of dollars. Anyway, I also wanted to add this here because it has to do with the Flight for Freedom movie. A Daily Beast article by Jake Heller stated that the film also suggested that Earhart faked her own death to elope with Noonan as they were secretly in love. However, there is no evidence that Earhart was having an affair, and it was actually her husband that pressured Earhart to take Noonan with her. And although Flight for Freedom was a work of fiction, it did go on to influence dozens of real Earhart biographies, particularly the affair theory. What do you think of that one?
1: Well, I had always heard that the affair was not with that person, but it was with a woman. Mm. So, I don't know. I don't think he was particularly jealous of that person, Noonan. So, I don't really go based off of that theory, no. I think they were way more open and way more progressive. That's just my, what my thoughts are, based off of what I've heard about her and her story.
0: Very possible. Theory 4 elaborates on the government spy theory and adds the details that Earhart and Noonan crash-landed on the Marshall Islands and were captured by Japanese military and died while being held prisoner on the island of Saipan. The theory first surfaced in the 1960s and according to witness accounts of Martian islanders, they supposedly saw the Electra aircraft land and Earhart and Noonan taken into Japanese custody. This theory saw a resurgence in popularity in 2015 when former federal agent Les Kinney and amateur detective Dick Spink found two metal fragments on Marshall Island that they believed belonged to Earhart's plane. A team of investigators led by former Executive Assistant Director of the FBI, Sean Henry, announced in 2017 that they discovered a photo that had been buried in the archives for nearly 80 years that might depict Earhart and Noonan and was allegedly taken down after their disappearance. This inspired Kenny to scour the archives for records related to Earhart and uncovered a photo from the Office of Naval Intelligence that shows a ship towing a barge with an airplane on the back. Kenny believes the airplane to be Earhart's Electra and that two of the people seen on the dock in the picture are Earhart and Noonan.
1: Okay, where are these photos, though?
0: That one, that last one of the Naval Intelligence that showed a ship towing a barge with an airplane on the back, that one was just recently released, maybe like in 2018 or something. Okay. And I saw the picture... And the people that are shown there on the dock, at least the one that I looked at, the people were so far away that it was hard to make out any details that would suggest that it was Earhart and Noonan.
1: Right. But it looks like an old photo or it looks like somebody's trying to doctor it to make it look like an old photo.
0: No, I don't think there's any dispute about it being a legitimate photo. I think where the dispute is is whether that's actually Earhart and Noonan or whether it's just like some random picture that was taken. And then just people trying to make this theory a thing, you know, are seeing too much into it. Okay. So, yeah, the picture is definitely legit, but whether that's actually Earhart's Electra and whether Earhart and Noonan are part of the crowd, that's a different story. Right. Okay. In theory five, Earhart doesn't die on Saipan Island, but instead was found at the end of World War II in Japan by US forces and is secretly repatriated to New Jersey and given a new identity and took the name of Irene Bolem and became a banker. This theory was first published by Joe Class in a book called Amelia Earhart Lives in 1970. When Irene Bolem heard about the book's claims, she vigorously denied the claims and sued the author and publisher for $1.5 million. The lawsuit was later withdrawn, but McGraw-Hill, who published the book, ceased sales and pulled it from the shelves nationwide seven weeks later. It is possible she might have settled out of court. Several experts have investigated Bolum's life and compared photos of both her and Earhart, and agree that Bolum was not Earhart. Bolum died in nineteen eighty-two. I also don't agree.
1: Yeah, no, I don't either. Um, I want to say that the podcast that I I heard about Amelia Earhart and them thinking that this that she was living this um. Or assuming somebody else's identity and living as Bolam or whatever her name is, it just didn't seem plausible to me. That's not one that I believe in, for sure. I would like to believe in the the secret agent double spy one, but I still think that the first one is the the most possible one.
0: (laughs) Well, I still got a couple more secret agent double spy ones.
1: Okay, cool.
0: But before we get to that one, Theory 6 first came out in a 1977 book called Lonely Vigil, Coast Watchers of the Solomon Islands. According to this book, several soldiers reported seeing Earhart working as a nurse in 1943 during World War II on Guadalcanal in Solomon Island. However, the person they likely saw was Merle Farland, a nurse from New Zealand who was said to resemble Earhart. Farland was the only woman among the troops and it is believed that the reports of her being Earhart were spread by soldiers suffering from hallucinations upon by malaria and other diseases.
1: Yeah, that seems pretty possible.
0: So do you think that one might have been Earhart?
1: No, I think it was just a, a lookalike and that they were suffering hallucinations, for sure.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with that as well.
1: But you had said that she had a medical degree, right, in the beginning?
0: Yeah, she was going to Columbia University in New York on a pre-med, but she ended up dropping out when her parents oh. asked her to come back to California.
1: Mm, interesting. I I mean, I still don't believe it, but it it could be possible. I guess if you really wanted to believe that.
0: I mean, she did work as a nurse in Toronto during World War One.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: So she was working as a nurse during that time. So she does have a little bit of a medical background. I mean, maybe she's not a doctor, but I guess she knows how to patch people up. Maybe if they have like gunshot wounds or if they got a uh, limbs blown off or something. I don't know.
1: Right. Probably not her, but. Um... Could be possible, maybe, maybe like a five out of 10, (laughs) (laughs) 50-50.
0: I think just the fact that Merle Farland was the only woman that was there, I think that kind of rules out the possibility of it being somebody else, you know?
1: That's kind of weird, though, that she would be the only woman there.
0: Yeah, I I did think that was kind of strange as well, especially among a bunch of soldiers. Yeah. Who knows?
1: Okay, what's the next theory?
0: Theory 7 states that Earhart crashed on New Britain Island. This was first started by an Australian army corporal who found an aircraft with a Pratt and Whitney engine, which was also the engine on Earhart's plane. However, New Britain Island is 2,000 miles away from where Earhart radioed that she was running out of gas and wouldn't have possibly made it to that island. Also, many planes of that era had Pratt and Whitney engines. So yeah, I totally don't buy that one.
1: No, me neither. Let's get to the aliens, no, kidding.
0: <laughs> That's my favorite one. That's the one that I want to talk the most about. <laughs> Still got a couple more here. Okay. Theory eight and nine are actually pretty interesting and also suggest that they were captured by the Japanese. Theory eight suggests that Earhart became Tokyo Rose, an English speaking radio DJ that spread Japanese propaganda over the airwaves. Now Earhart's husband, George Putnam, actively investigated this claim at the time and listened to hours of the broadcast, but ultimately concluded that the voice on the radio was not his wife's voice. And also, this one, it's kind of dead in the water because it was later discovered that Tokyo Rose was actually Aiva Toguri Aquino, a Japanese American DJ who was later convicted of treason. Mm. And I believe that it said that she was like the seventh person, <laughs> seventh person ever to have been convicted of treason. So there were like that was how few that that had been at that time.
1: Oh wow! Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so now we're getting close to the good ones. In theory, nine, a photo was spotted in a hut in Amaru Island by a U.S. Navy sailor. That reportedly showed Earhart standing with a Japanese military officer.
1: And she was flashing them. No, just kidding.
0: <laughs> no,
1: no. Okay.
0: Although it's possible because apparently this picture disappeared. Okay. But anyway, she was standing with a Japanese military officer, a missionary, and a young boy. The sailor reported it to naval intelligence officers who allegedly took the photo from the hut against the owner's wishes, but the photo has never been found or surfaced.
1: Of course.
0: Emeru Island was also the site of a European shipwreck in 1940, so it's likely the photo was just someone that looked similar to Earhart, but was not the real deal. Yeah, probably. That's what I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. So I saved the best for last. All right. Theory 10 suggests that aliens abducted Amelia Earhart. While this is without a doubt the most outlandish of the theories, it is a popular one. Apparently, American Horror Story also did an episode or season dedicated to this theory, but I didn't have a chance to watch it.
1: I might have seen it. I think I might have seen it because I, I did keep up with the series. I know you didn't keep up with it as much as um like in the beginning when we, we all started to watch it, but I, I did keep up with it and I... I think the last two seasons are the ones that I haven't
0: seen. Yeah, I, I didn't see which season it was. But I think the last one that I watched was that carnival one or whatever, or the circus one. And I was like, oh, no, this this show is trash now. So I, I stopped watching it.
1: It's been a little <laughs> bit.
0: <laughs> the first season was really, really good. And so was the Asylum one. Oh, yeah, for sure. But after that, I feel like they kind of went downhill.
1: I'm easily amused. So I've liked most... Mostly all the seasons, for sure.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think as a kid that wasn't allowed to leave the house, as you know, when I was young, I dedicated a lot of my life watching TV. So I feel like, not necessarily that I have a lot of, that I have very high standards, but I feel like I've seen a lot of TV, so it kind of takes something a little, little special to impress me.
1: <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching TV all my life.
0: Yeah, most of my childhood was dedicated watching TV since I wasn't allowed to do anything else.
1: Yeah, but it was like mostly like Mexican telenovelas and stuff. At least that's what I remember. And some MTV.
0: Yeah, I remember watching a lot of MTV and I watched a lot of cartoons.
1: Ah, see, sí. cartoons.
0: And a lot of HBO.
1: <laughs> some inappropriate movies there for sure at our age.
0: <laughs> yep, for sure.
1: <laughs> that's why we're we're not easily well, I guess you are not that easily impressed.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I I get disappointed very quickly about stuff. So, yeah, the first two seasons are really good. So, I expect for that same quality to be there. And then I think uh, Coven or whatever was the third one. And even though I did like it, I didn't think it was as good as the first two. And then when that carnival one or the circus one or whatever came out, I was like, nah, nah. Ah, yes, it's una mamada, yeah.
1: I love the Coven one, but I love stories about witches. So, the carnival one is good too. That's the one with like the two heads, right? The, the, the. What are they called? Conjoined twins? The two female, the female, I don't know what her name is, the redhead, and she was a conjoined twin.
0: To be honest with you, I think I repressed that show, yeah.
1: (laughs) I think it's that one, I think. All right, let's get on with the whole alien thing.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So the alien abduction theory was also apparently on an episode of Ancient Aliens, because of course it would be. Mm Mm-hmm. And these are just two examples of many books, television shows, and online articles dedicated to this theory. According to the Daily Beast, even Star Trek Voyager did an episode in 1995 that centered around this theory. Now, this one is the one that I most wish was true. and I wish we had evidence of it, and I wish we kind of had more details about it because, aside from her being abducted, that's really that's really it, you know? Right? Like, there's not like an, a huge elaborate story or anything. And I want to say, you know, how you were talking about the Bermuda Triangle. Yes. I want to say that I first heard about the alien abduction one in one of those time-life books from the 80s. Remember the Mysteries of the Unknown books? Mm -hmm. I seem to remember that there was one that suggested the alien abduction theory, and I even want to say that I saw it in one of the commercials, but I might be misremembering. I was a little kid when it came out. It was like in late 80s, but for some reason, that memory has always stayed with me, similar to like the Bermuda Triangle one.
1: For me, yeah. Uh
0: Yeah. And- I went on this huge YouTube rabbit hole trying to find the commercial just to like, I guess, like validate that. And while I didn't succeed, I did see numerous ones of those commercials. And I have to say they they hold up. They're every bit as scary and creepy now as I remember them <laughs> being when I was a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> and um, do you remember those at all? The Mysteries of the Unknown commercials?
1: That doesn't sound very... Uh, it doesn't sound... Like it's not ringing a bell. I remember, une- what was it? Unsolved Mysteries. And that that used to creep me out. I remember like the little girl coming out of the pool, but you would just see like the wet footsteps. Oh my God. That would creep me out so much.
0: <laughs> I don't remember the, the wet footsteps.
1: <laughs> no. Oh God. Yeah. But no, I'm sure if I were to see it now, maybe it would jog a memory. But at this point right now, I, I don't remember.
0: Uh, one when we're done recording, I'll show you a, a commercial so you can see it. Yes. And what I'll also go ahead and do is I'll a link to a commercial on YouTube in the show notes um, in case, for some reason, this kind of sounds familiar to somebody, but they don't really remember, they can check it out. And I'm sure like any kid that grew up in the 80s will remember these immediately because they were terrifying every time <laughs> that I would see them. But it was just because I, I've, I'm i a very weird kid, everything that I found scary and terrifying, I was instantly attracted to it.
1: Yes, me too.
0: <laughs> kind of explain my choice for some of my girlfriends too. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I would also say very true. (laughs) I'm I'm just kidding. No, that that is not true at all.
1: I'm not kidding. No, just kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also, now that I was thinking about those mysteries of the unknown books, I kind of want to go on eBay and see if I can find them all so that that way I can buy them and and read them. That'd be cool. I remember I read them when I was younger. Uh, Do you remember our cousin, Gilbertito? Yes. He used to have them. So every week he would let me borrow one of the books. And like I read them cover to cover probably like two or three times during that week.
1: Oh, wow. Wait, did one of them have a, a cover of this like lady ghost? Like a lady who looked like a ghost?
0: I'm sure one of them was bound to have had that.
1: Because I remember you had a book like that and that would scare the crap out of me too. <laughs> oh my God, that's so scary. And, and I remember like... You would read these books, and then I would read them? No, and then I couldn't sleep? (laughs) No, olvídate. Yeah,
0: but you were a very crybaby when we were little, because I remember you were... I think you were even scared of that Tricky Troll book that I used to have.
1: Still a crybaby. What Tricky Troll?
0: It was like back when I was first learning English, and I remember Aaron, we both... Well, Aaron still doesn't know English, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know that much English so we, we would laugh because it would be like tricky troll tricky troll
1: <laughs> <laughs> el tricky troll
0: el <laughs> tricky troll
1: I have no idea what you're talking about No You'll have to put a picture of that too
0: <laughs> I'll see if I can find it cuz that book that book was like way before my time I feel and I don't know how we acquired this book but I just remember one time <laughs> seeing it and I was like ay wey, el tricky troll mira tricky troll <laughs>
1: <laughs> troll. Uh, well, if it was a troll and he looked freaking gross, I'm sure I was scared of it.
0: I don't remember 100% what it looked like, but I, I remember, like, remember David the Gnome? Yes. I kind of remember him being like that, like a, but he was like a thin, taller version of David the Gnome. So he had like the little hat and he had like a, um, like a red beard and he was kind of like jumping and then like hitting his feet together, like while he was in the air or something.
1: Oh my God, you're like
0: activating a memory
1: like verbatim describing him no you're like <laughs> verbatim explaining him i don't know if you could see him
0: oh you found it? That? yes that's Nicky <laughs> troll
1: <laughs> that is totally what you said it was
0: <laughs> yeah well maybe he looks a little bit less like david the gnome but yeah yeah i remember him jumping in the air kicking his feet together and <laughs> looking kind of darky.
1: Okay, it does look a um a little it, it does look a little uh familiar. El Triqui Troll.
0: Oh el my god. Oh fucking crazy. <laughs> Send that shit to Aaron. Um oh, and okay, I'm yeah, sure he's going to start laughing. He's like, "Ah, el pinche Triqui Troll."
1: Se lo va a mandar, a ver qué dice. All right, and then <laughs> You're like, that was a major tangent right there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. What are your final thoughts on Amelia Earhart and her disappearance?
1: My final thoughts are still with my first thought, which is that they ran out of gas and just fell in the ocean somewhere. And maybe some of her stuff washed washed up somewhere, some island.
0: Yeah, that's the same. I believe a little bit of one, a little bit of two. And I also think that it's great that we're releasing this episode on Amelia Earhart Day. It's not often that we get to cover a person and the episode comes out on their holiday.
1: I know. That's so cool. I didn't even know it was coming up.
0: She's been on my list for a while. And I always like to check the calendar for the, the date that this podcast comes out to see if I can tie it into anything. And I was like, oh shit, it's Emily Earhart. I've been wanting to do an episode on her for a while. And now's a good time to do it.
1: Well, that's cool. I'm glad you got to cover it. Because if not, I probably would have.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think you and I tend to think very similar. Yes. And on that high note, we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever find podcasts are sold. Yeah. Follow us on the socials at Tac. email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669 if you have a story to share with us.
1: About the time you saw a Tricky Troll. And guess who replied back to me? <laughs> yeah, I
0: remember, like, I think, I think I peed my pants, like, from the <laughs> laughing. I was laughing so hard. But I was, like, maybe, like, six, if that old, you know? I was really little.
1: So, for those of you who don't know Spanish, basically he's just saying that. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember laughing at the name? Because we were just, we just thought the name was so funny. Basically, that's what he said in in pocas palabras. Ay, ay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to share th- those type of stories, but you can also share with us what your favorite Amelia Earhart conspiracy theory is. Do you also remember her being caught in the Bermuda Triangle? Write in. Call us up.
1: For sure, we wanna hear your stories.